everybody. It's the Title IX Podcast and the Cyclone Fanatic Podcast Network. I'm Steph Copley, joined as always by my good friend, Elisa Woods. Hey, girl. Hey. Hiya. How are you? I am great. Elisa, you know what? Were... Actually, can I tell you how I am? Yes, please do. That's why I asked. So last night, I didn't tell you this before. Last night, I snored so hard that this morning I woke up with like a swollen hanging ball. The old hangy ball. Yeah. The hangy ball. It was so swollen that all day I've thought I I've been like choking on something, but it's just the hangy ball. And like when I swallow, I feel like it's gonna go down. And of course it doesn't because it's attached. But I looked at it and it looked like a looked like a gummy bear in there, just hanging on with hanging on by an ear. The jokes really write themselves right now. So, are you okay? Do you need to seek medical attention? I'm okay, but I do feel like, I feel like I sound like I have a throg, a, a throg, a throg a in throg, your throat, yeah, a throg in my throat, uh, but it's my hangy ball. It's my so, gummy bear sorry, hangy I mean, ball. Your gummy bear hangy ball. So, uh, Corey was a witch for Halloween and she pretended to put a spell on Nora. <laughs> and after that, Nora kind of had like a little scratch in her throat. And so oh. I said, you have a frog in your throat. And, and Nora thought that Corey did the spell and put a literal frog in her throat for the longest oh. time. So you, according to Nora, you now have a real frog in your throat. I could, it's possible. Could. It's possible. Anything's possible. Anything's possible. But I well, really snored last night. That's for sure. <laughs> I'm glad you got some good sleep. I'm happy to um, hear it. The last like three nights, Arnold slept on the couch. If that tells you, I don't know why I've just been snoring. It's all that Christmas cheer. You're just it wearing is. It it's like the change, the change in weather just makes me snore. Yeah, it did. It changed quickly. Yeah. And it, was, it was brutal. It was a brutal change for yeah. sure. Well, I'm glad you're okay. I know. I'll have you, to get uh, some of those nasal strips or something. You need to take a break to take care of that hangy ball. You just let us know, okay? Uh, <laughs> can you see it? I can't uh, see the hangy ball, uh, strangely enough. But please keep trying. Uh, I wish I could poke my finger in there. I'm glad no one can see this. <laughs> I'm, glad, I'm glad no one's listening to us right now. Wait a minute. <laughs> Wait, we did hit record, right? Uh, okay, okay. Yeah, we're doing a podcast. I'm Elisa. She's Steph. Whatever. This is episode 63. And like we told you last time, this is kind of going to be our year in review and our goals episode, which we have done every year since the podcast inception. No, and it's, it's not going to change. change so. No, it's not going to change. So if you don't like this episode, just turn us off. But please stay. We want okay. you here. If you don't like this, suck it. <laughs> and uh, speaking of wanting Steph's listeners, like, oh, God. let's shout out our sponsors. <gasps> please, we want you to stay, listeners. We do we, want you to stay. We need to shout out to our sponsor, the Ivy College of Business at Iowa State. And so every year around this time, I think about how miserable it is to walk across campus. Oh, gosh. And I was thinking about, I had a professor, it was not an Ivy professor, it was a journalism professor um, who told a story about one of her female students having earrings in and walking across campus and having the the little earring hole get frostbite because the metal of the earring froze. Oh I gosh. think about this every year after Christmas break. And uh, so, yeah, if you're an Ivy student or an Iowa State student listening, please, please be mindful of your earring situation. Wow. <laughs> Who knows if that's actually true, but it scared the crap out of me in college. So there you go. Yeah, that's bananas. I always, I lived in Friley and all my classes were in Forker yeah. and it was just such a haul. And a I haul. was so, I was so awkward and anxious in college. Like nothing has changed. Still awkward and anxious, but I refused to take the bus because I was like, well, where am I going to sit? What if there's nowhere to sit? What if I have to stand? And then what if the bus goes and then I fall in someone's lap and they don't like that. So needless to say, I just walked. Yeah. I could have ridden the bus. Yeah. And I just walked. You should have. I should have. So I guess that's our way of saying we're thinking of you, all of you Ivy College <laughs> business students yeah. to, to uh, deal with the cold out there. We feel your pain. We really do. They, I also, think they come back on the 18th, so they're not quite back yet. But oh yeah, you're right. They have. I was thinking. I was thinking back to like uh, to the public school kids. You're right, but the yep. college schools they have like a good month break. So yep. just kidding. 
you can deal, you can live in your sweatpants and your warm, cozy blankets for another couple of weeks. And I'm not going to feel bad for you when yeah. you come back for a couple of weeks. Yeah. Yeah. Shout out also to our friends at the Mississippi River Distilling Company. Elisa and I are making good on our goal and we're going to go over there and visit uh, LeClaire at the end of January. We're doing it. We're making we're, it. I'm true. so excited. I am too. So thanks to Ryan for helping us make that possible. And we'll be sure to post pictures and um, I don't know keep you abreast of our what would you call them adventures I shenanigans shenanigans that's better that's much better it's gonna be wild they got us somewhere to sleep so we don't have to drive anywhere so yeah so hold on to to get sauced sauced that's me that's my middle name it's not it's not saucy stuff saucy stuff so we thought we could go through and just give our thoughts on the last couple of weeks in Iowa State Athletics and then take a break and then we'll come back with our year recap and goals and all of that so I feel like we should start Elisa with football I know you don't really want to talk about the sadness of the bowl game and I don't think you have to go into it in detail um Chris and Bloom did that on their Sunday night slash Monday morning pod but I just wanted to take one more opportunity to say thank you to all of those amazing seniors and Brees and everyone who, um, you know, has contributed to this change in the program who's not coming back because I, you know, that was kind of their swan song. And I just, um, as disappointing as that game was and as disappointing as, as frustrating as some of the, I think, I think we're really frustrated with the play calling and a couple of little, you know, cr- critical things like that. I've just, uh, it was just one more opportunity to say thank you. So that's kind of where, how I want to leave it. I don't know what there's left to analyze. I'm looking forward to the future. I mean, a lot of those guys that we haven't seen play significant um, snaps during the season got to play. I thought that Johnny Brock and Deion Silas was an awesome duo and I'm excited for that defense, defensive players. I was really impressed with. So I think the future is bright, which is a good, I mean, not exactly how we wanted to end, but a good way to end nonetheless. I think like just going into next year, probably the biggest question marks are going to be that running back position and the quarterback position. Like we know that we have good guys yeah. coming into that position, but are they going to be as like explosive as Dominant. the guy? Yeah. Yeah. Are they going to be like household names like these guys have been? So I hope that they are. I agree. I was just thinking about Gyro Brock and like, I think that he had a great game. Sure. I think we, we definitely missed Reese Hall. Oh, absolutely. There's and no I, like, I think about like Reese is coming out after like David Montgomery left yeah. and it was explosive and this yeah. wasn't quite as an explosive, like coming out party for them. And so I, I don't know. I think that there's a lot to do over the off season, but I think that, I mean, it's not a, it's not a fluke that we had two amazing running backs in a row that continued to like improve on their craft in the time that they were here. So I think that um, we got a couple months here to get our, get our lives together. <laughs> get our crap together. Yeah, okay. Get our crap together. But yeah. I don't know. I hope that we have another NFL dude in that yeah, back position. That would be really cool. And you know, I, I I remember I remember talking to you on the podcast a couple of years ago about you know who's our running back going to be after David left, and then um, you know obviously that question got answered pretty quickly. But there was yeah. questions for a while, and I think I think that's important to remember is you know just because we don't know now, there's still plenty of time for that person to make a really strong um appearance in the off season so i'm i'm optimistic for sure and i think that if we do have a third incredible running back like i hope that we do i think we can dub ourselves rbu right totally running back university yeah i'm going to coin that nickname right now right now january 3rd 2022 he says rbu yeah rbu make the t-shirts make print a mic. Let's do it. <laughs> um, I also wanted to mention, I, because it feel, I feel like it wouldn't be a title nine episode without some kind of a rant. Um, this isn't really a rant, I guess, but I just think the national title game is going to be a snoozer. I don't even oh, know. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure I'll pay attention and passively, but I'm just sick of it. But my bigger rant comes, um, from something that Kirk Herbstreet and Desmond Howard said over the weekend on college game day. 
Uh, did you hear what they said? Do you know what I'm talking yeah. about? Okay. So they were talking, if, if you don't know what I'm talking about, they were having a discussion about opt-outs and Kirk and Desmond clearly feel very strongly about it. And Kirk said something, actually, I have a quote. He said, I just think this era of player doesn't love football. And in response, Desmond Howard went on to say players have a sense of entitlement. And it's like, if they're not going to the one that matters, meaning the college football playoff, it doesn't have as much value to them. And we talked about this on our last podcast, but say what you want about the opt-out situation. Like we talked about, I'm probably somewhere in the middle with, I think there's a clear situation when someone should go. I think there's a less clear situation for the guys who may not get drafted, whether they should opt out or not. But I have a real problem with these comments from Herb Street and Desmond Howard because I think it's bigger than football because I cannot stand it when adults minimize or diminish the decisions of younger adults and place them into this entitlement box. I can't stand it. And it happens all the time. And one of the real life examples that comes to mind is with maternity leave with, um, female professionals. And I think back to when my oldest daughter was born, I told them, you know, I'm going to take 10 weeks of unpaid leave, by the way. Right. I had female attorneys say, well, I was back to work the next day after giving birth. And I just remember thinking like, do you want me to applaud you? Because I don't think that's right. And just because you did something a certain way, doesn't mean the next generation should do it that way. Or it doesn't mean that the way you did it was right. And the way the next generation is doing it is wrong. And just because someone is doing something to better themselves or better, better their situation doesn't mean they're entitled for doing that. And in the case of these college football players, a lot of these guys are making what are objectively very smart financial decisions that could change their lives and the generations of their families to come. And I just don't think that that to me doesn't fit the definition of entitled entitled to me means you're expecting something that you haven't earned. Right. Every one of these guys has earned this choice because they've dedicated their, their childhood, their high school years and their college years to training, to put themselves in a position to earn millions of dollars. Right. So I just, you know, these, when, when these guys, these commentators go out there and, and say, you know, call this younger generation and entitled, I just feel like they sound like chocolates and old heads. They just have a real problem with it. And, you know, I think we can all agree. There's, there's probably some problem with the bull system and there's maybe a kind of a pandemic of, of opt-outs right now that we need to discuss, but I don't think the problem is these guys not loving football or being entitled. For me, it's like, okay, Kirk Herbstreet, I'm sorry, but your check is not written out to like for the love of the game. Like your <laughs> yes. paycheck, your paycheck gets cashed, just like all of these dudes' paychecks will get cashed when they get to the NFL. Like you do not do like college game day for the love of for the free. game, right? Yeah, right. you do it for money. Right. Like you, and get- you may. You may love it as a side, like good for you. Right. If you love your job, good for you. I'm proud. I'm happy for you, but you're right. doing it for the money. I right. mean, let's be real about it. For sure. Like Matt Campbell, his full bonus is not for the love of the game. Right. It's cash money. Right. It's for a pocket. job. It's for a, an outcome earned. Right. And I just, and that's my, that is, you know, if, if you if you have worked to put yourself in a position to make that choice, by definition, you're not entitled. Right. And who are these guys to say whether or not someone loves or doesn't love the game? I mean, yeah. and who are we to know what these players situ- What if a player is com- comes from a history of poverty and wants to change that, you know, that narrative for his or her family? Right. And I just to would say, you say they don't love the game. I can't like, would you say that Kobe and LeBron don't love the game because they didn't play college ball? Right. They didn't, yeah. they didn't put in their four years of free ball. Yeah. Like they didn't put in four years of free labor for the love of the game. Do you think that's because they're entitled? No, that's because they could go get some money. Right. They were good enough to go get some money. Like these guys aren't entitled, entitled. They're good enough to go get some money. Right. And so they're going to go get some money. <laughs> like, yeah, I, break. I just, you know, and like I said, I do think there's a discussion to be had about how do we fix and I'm putting fix in air quotes yeah. you know, the system, because I think, I think there are ways to make it better, but I just, that is what, how they described it. That's not the, that's not yeah. the situation. I just, I don't have a problem with 
like teams being shorthanded because players have gone to like I don't have a problem with that you know what I mean like I don't think that that's I don't I wouldn't call that broken I would just call it like some dudes get hurt like some dudes decide not to play college football like there's just there's a myriad of reasons like some dudes you know rip their jersey off in the middle of the game and give the peace sign to the crowd and like right. i mean i'm joking yeah but, i know you're i know what you're referring to yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it's like that's just like that's just the way that it is and then you have yeah. to go out there and play a game and it's one i mean it's a bowl game it's amazing it's awesome it's one game it's not your entire season like yeah like Brees was there for the entire season. It's like a postseason exhibition game. And I think that's what it key. is. I think the exhibition part of it is what we need. Now, I, I think there's probably a different argument to be made for the for the playoff or even some of the New Year's six games. Right. But for these, you know, these side bowls, they're an exhibition. And I think yeah. we, I think you got, I think you just landed on part of the solution. I think part of that solution is shifting your mindset to treat it as an exhibition for whoever wants to take advantage of it. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I feel like if some if there was somebody who just landed on earth that didn't know anything about anything and we just said like, well, Brees is getting crap for not playing in the cheese it bowl, somebody yeah. would be like, like what? Those and those yellow we- crackers. <laughs> like you're if you're gonna take it seriously, then don't right. name it after like a square snack. <laughs> and to be fair, just to give Iowa State fans credit, I don't for I saw very little, if any, criticism of Greece. Yeah. You know, I think I think Iowa State fans and I I'm certain his teammates understood right. it for him. But yeah, your point is well taken. And that's yeah. another thing. Like these bowls don't just put on bowl games for the love of the game. Cheese it yeah, gives her. Yeah, cheese it gives them a lot of money to put right. on these bowl games. Right. And guess who doesn't get any of that money? Right. Brees Hall. Yep. Like cheese it gives Brees Hall like a, a commemorative box of cheese it's. Yeah, a commemorative box of cheese it's and like uh and they, they get some cool swag. You know, they they get yeah. some cool swag, but it's not like anything comparative to what you're gonna cash right. in your first NFL paycheck. It's nothing that you can sell to like pay your mortgage. Right. So I just, I, you know, I try to like Kirk because he's everywhere and it's impossible to avoid him. And he says, he says stuff like that. I'm like, man, I can't deal with it. So anyway, I just had to rant a little. Like it. Um, we came, we're coming off of a tough loss in men's basketball to number one Baylor. Um, I don't, I think we all pretty much agree that a lot of it came down to shooting just abysmally from the three-point line and yeah, Baylor yeah. played lights out. They made some shots that I don't think they could make again. Right. You know, I mean, it was just, in, our defense was locked down again, but I think my biggest takeaway, which we were texting about is we belong. Our For ranking, sure. we yep. hung with them. Um, we hung with them till the, even when the, when it felt like the game was starting to get out of hand, we clawed our way back. And I, it was really, that was the kind of effort I hoped to see. And yeah. it, I am, I remain as excited as I was before the game. Yeah. yeah. I mean, we couldn't hit the broad side of a barn. Oh, it was painful. And we were still within grabbing distance. Like that's yes. to me, you say like, okay, good teams beat, like good teams kill bad teams, good teams, yeah. you know, I yeah. think, I think we're a good team. Oh, I totally agree with you. And I don't think that it's, I don't think that it's necessarily just because like we hustle and we have grit. I think that it's because we are talented yeah, and we have good coaching and like these players are elite players. Yep. <laughs> like, I think that all of the things that you say about Baylor, this is why Baylor's good. Those things are true for Iowa State. And I and don't, don't I think that, that that game proved it. Yeah. And I, I think it's going to that's probably going to be the narrative all year is that we're a lesser talented in air quotes again team. And to a certain extent, that's true. I mean, Baylor just they have a bunch of dudes and we know yeah. they're they're well-established dudes, but I think you're right. I think I think um that was a absolute prove it game and we proved it. So yeah. Yeah. And then uh the women opened up conference play with a victory over West Virginia on Sunday. And man, I just, I, I'm a broken record at this point. And we've been saying this for a season 
and almost a half now, but our guards are incredible. Emily Ryan had 16 assists in that game and which tied the, the record that was previously held by Lindsay Fennelly. And the, the crazy part is I was there, watched it. I had no idea because she just makes it look so easy. Yeah. It's the most effortless thing in the world for her. And Lexi Donarski, when she has the, you know, a one-on-one guard play against someone, the, she is so fast. Yeah, she knocked yeah. a couple of girls on their booties. And it was just, I, that was a very, very physical West Virginia team and Iowa state hung with it. And, um, that was probably the most physical I've seen Iowa state play in a while. And that was, I'm, I was walked away. Obviously it was a big win. It was a dominating win, but I walked away as encouraged as I've been all season. Um, just because I, West Virginia is a good team. They're, they were picked to finish third, I think in the conference and they've done a couple players, but the fact remains, it was another offensive clinic. So I just, I think, I think the future is bright. I think the ceiling is super high for these ladies. And once again, if you haven't watched, figure out a way to watch them. <laughs> for sure. Um, I love, like, I love watching Lexi for sure. I think that she's oh, one of my favorite so players fun. on the team. She just has, like, she has this play where she just drives on the left side and yes. she, you almost think like, well, you've gone too far. And then she backs up a little and you realize, no, she hasn't gone too far. Her defender, defender has, gone, has too gone, far. gone too far. Yeah. 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 I know exactly what you're yeah. talking about. And she pulls up for that left-handed, like, I mean, it's like a jumper on the low block, but it's so good and it's so effective. And just, Ashley, I love watching her play. Ashley Jones was absolutely dominant. Again, another double double. I think she had 29 points. And Mike, our merch guy, wanted me to give you guys all the promo code for we, <gasps> we have an Ashley Jones shirt now at the Cyclone Fanatic. Yes. Shop. So here's the promo. It's shot maker, no space, and it's all one word. And if you purchase at least one Ashley shirt, men's, women's, or youth, and use that promo code, you get free shipping. So that order Ooh. goes to the end of the week. So take advantage if you haven't yet. Shot maker shot maker because do you see it ashley jones is a shot maker you see it yeah um speaking of badasses in women's basketball can we talk about becky hammond yeah okay so if you haven't seen the news yet becky hammond is leaving the spurs to come back to the wnba um she will now be the highest paid coach in wnba history and elisa just made a sad face at me okay so i think we both had the same initial reaction but i think we landed at different spots so let's talk this through yeah my initial reaction was super super disappointment because i thought she would be the first female head coach in nba history i thought she would be great at it and i still think that she would be great at it is that where is that your initial reaction yeah So, and I'm doing a little bit of math here. Bear with me. This is 2022. Yep. And Popovich was born in 1949 and he is 73 years old. He's going to be the coach for not very many more years. And it felt like she was going to be the next one in. You think she's the head coach? Okay. Yeah. I think okay. So this actually, the Spurs. that actually makes me that, that adds credence to my, to my reaction, my theory after my initial reaction was sadness. Okay? okay. So I shifted from sadness to good for you, Becky, because I agree with you. I think she would have had a shot eventually at a head coaching position. I think that shot would have become, would have come sooner than later, but that just, which means she wouldn't have taken a WNBA job unless she saw significant value in the in the WNBA. She's one of the most recognizable faces as a coach in in professional basketball men or women. So I think this is a good move. I think she's bringing major attention to the WNBA and I just think it's one of those like why would she have done it if she didn't think there was major advantages to going to the WNBA? And I don't just think that's the straight up dollar amount. Because I'm, I'm, I don't know. I don't know. I haven't seen the contract yet, but I'm willing to bet that um, she would have made decent money as the head coach of the Spurs, you know, um, yeah. and she's going to be the, the head coach of the Las Vegas Aces in the WNBA. But I, so I landed on, this is really cool because again, I think that, I think making that move to me shows that she sees significant value in the WNBA. So I'm, that's the way I'm going to look at it. Yeah. So my, 
my disappointment is like has a lot of little a lot of little spider webs off of it because first of all like I really like the coach for the aces right now the one that left for the one that took the Baylor okay so the carousel is their head coach left for the Baylor opening that was opened by Kim Mulkey going to LSU right I don't I don't know okay I thought that's what it was because he was a coach for the Pistons I don't I thought that he was still there and that he was going to take another position within, but I can, I can do a little bit of, um, was it a beer? He was the, you're right. He was the bad boys. Wasn't he? Yeah. 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 So he was on the Pistons and like, I was just, I was excited to watch him coach. He would like, he would wear a, a sweatband when they were in the bubble and stuff. And he was just like a fun dude. And I don't know. It's, I was, I'm sad that he's leaving. Um, I think, and I'm trying to, you know, I'm trying to talk while I look this up because I thought that he was going to go I thought he was going to go somewhere within the aces. Okay. Jeez Louise. How many pop-ups is this thing going to have? So I was wrong then because I was. So he is stepping away to assume another position within the organization. Okay. I was wrong because I was thinking that that opening was due to the Baylor, someone taking that job at Baylor. So I must have a different WNBA team in mind, but regardless. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. I just, um, Okay, Atlanta Dream Coach Nikki Collin will be the new oh. coach of the Lady Bears. All right, you're right. And that's significant because of that that organization is a hot mess express. Yeah. But anyway, you're right. You're right. Okay. Yeah. So sorry for the confusion. Okay, yeah. Was- so the dream is a hot mess express, but I, I'm pretty sure that the issue stepped down <laughs> at the dream. Like yeah. the biggest problem within yeah, she there did. was one. And I'm of not the... even sure if she stepped down. I think she was uh, uh, basically like pushed out the door. Basically. Yeah. 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 Okay. So, so I had organizations mixed up. You're yeah. right about Bill Lambier coaching the aces. So he's taking another position, which I totally understand also because he's probably old too, yeah. <laughs> to be yeah. honest. Like, yeah. um, and so it's just like, I don't know. It's kind of a, bummer for me that he's leaving and then like I'm excited that she's going to the WNBA but I'm I also was like ready for her to step into that position once pop leaves and I feel like now it's going to be Tim Duncan which I who I I just feel like Tim Duncan is this like like Jason Kidd type guy who's just getting a coaching job because he was great at playing and on I mean, Jason Kidd was, you know, fine while he was there. Um, But even like Steve Nash, like you're not really coaching. Like you're not really coaching the Nets. Like the dudes who are there, the the superstars are coaching the Nets and you're just cashing a check because your name's Steve Nash. That's how I feel about it. I don't know. Maybe he's a better coach than I'm seeing, but I just feel like, I don't want to say that she got pushed out, but I just feel like there could have been a really cool opportunity for her. And I'm glad that she's taking this because this is clearly what she wants because she could have waited and there would have been other openings. You know, this is the opening that she wanted. She wanted to be with the aces, but I just see like what could have been. And maybe she's going there to get head coaching experience. I don't know. I don't think she needs head coaching experience because she was the head coach during the preseason and like won it all three years ago. I'm disappointed. No, no. And I, I'm not trying to diminish it because I agree. I, I just, um, I, I, I guess this is one of those scenarios where two feelings can be true at the same time. I think it's fair for us to be really bummed because I think she would have been the first and I think she would have been a good first. Yeah. And I think we can also say it's really cool that she sees value in a league in which she played and that she wants to invest in. So I, yeah. I think that's a good way to cap it off, I guess. I think yeah. both of them can be true. Yeah. All right. Should we take a quick break and then we'll come back and talk about year and review and goals? Yeah. 
Let's do it. We'll take a quick break, but first we're brought to you by Authentic Brand. Authentic Brand is more than just your source for official cyclone gear. With an amazing team of designers, Authentic Brand could custom manufacture polo shirts, jackets, caps, bags, and beyond for your team or small business. Check them out online at authentic-brand.com. Look authentic, feel authentic, be authentic. Okay, we're back. Let's do our year in review. And you did, some, you did some homework. I did some mega homework. I have um, two pages, double-spaced. The double-spaced is important. Avi. Um, but I just kind of went through and picked out what I thought were, like, poignant things that happened this year. Because it's hard to remember what all happened this year. Like, it's hard... What happened in January of the previous year feels like much longer yeah, than a year. Yeah. And also like the seasons last season got a little screwy. And yeah, so like yeah. there were some volleyball things in the spring that yep. like were also a couple months later in the fall. And so it was just like a little bit confusing. And so I tried to kind of pull some of it together. If I missed things, it's because I'm not that smart. So <laughs> which we already knew. So it's <laughs> okay. So Bringing us back to January, January, obviously, we won the Fiesta Bowl, um, ended the season ranked ninth in the final AP poll, like a super great season, historic season for us, um, won the Fiesta Bowl, and it was amazing. Um, Brees was ISU's first unanimous All-American. We love to see it. Uh, Coach Fenley got his 700th career win, That's which right. feels like so much longer ago sure than does. January. Yep, I totally agree with that. Yeah, but that win over K-State was his 700th career win. Um, and then the ISU, this one I was like, wait, what? This was this was last year, 2021, the ISU women beat number six Baylor and snapped their 61 game home winning streak and does Tim Mulkey feel, left shortly after does that, does that feel like longer than a year or less than a year to you it feels like longer than a year okay see to me that one feels like less than a year that's really? interesting yeah. okay yeah. okay so then in February um ISU softball earned their first ever NFCA top 25 ranking I and then that. also Matt Campbell agreed to a contract extension to his, what was then his current contract. So eight years through December 31st, 2028. Which we've, we've seen how much those mean these right. days. Mean stuff. <laughs> um, <laughs> it was fun and ceremonious and we were yeah. glad. Yeah. So then in March, a lot happens. Um, Steve Prome. Agrees to leave the I ISU. Said something really inappropriate. I'm glad I didn't. Okay. <laughs> Prom left Iowa State men's basketball, and then TJ Otzelberger returns as the uh, men's basketball head coach. So that all happened in March. Uh, the ISU women play in the NCAA tournament. Uh, the women's basketball team. Let's see, Carr and Gremmel win Big 12 Wrestling Championships in their respective weight classes. David Carr was named the Big 12 Wrestler of the Year. A huge season for them. That was very cool. And also, I'm like, that was just March. Yeah, just Not March. Even a full year ago. Right. April, Pollard agreed to a contract extension, and Ashley Jones won the Cheryl Miller Award. Right. April was a little bit quiet, but then in May, ISU softball advanced to their first ever NCAA regional final and their first NCAA regional birth since 1988. Bill Fenley agreed. I'm sorry, I didn't interrupt. Oh, yeah. What a fun season for Iowa State. Yeah. I mean, there were a couple other things um, that happened in May. Like Sammy Williams was picked eighth overall in the Athletes Unlimited draft, which we talked about a lot. That was really cool. Um, she made history as, yeah, she made history as, uh, the big 12's all-time hits leader, um, in May and she became Steph's friend. (laughs) We became really good. (laughs) She's just, uh, you know, it's kind of like with Brock, um, and Charlie Kohler, you know, just people that, you know, are good humans and you want to see them succeed and, and George Yang, like all those, yeah. 
she's in that conversation. And I know she plays because she plays softball. She didn't get, she doesn't have quite the notoriety, but just, um, in terms of softball, definitely on the softball. Um, what am I trying to say? Well, the thing in South Dakota with the presidents, what's that called? <laughs> I don't know. Mount Rushmore. Oh yeah. He's on the, she might be the, the statue of Liberty. <laughs> oh god i will anyway keep going okay so second tennis got their first ever ncaa birth um nuangu was selected by the vikings in the nfl draft and he's doing really well for them like he's been returning touchdowns and he's like he's really making a name for himself unfortunately it's for the vikings who aren't doing very well um such is life such is yeah, life yeah but um i don't know i think he's gonna have a great career um uh, bill fenley agreed to a contract extension to 2027 so we got him for a couple more years and that was may in june david carr was named isu's male athlete of the year and guess who was named isu's female yeah <laughs> So those happened in June. And then in July, the tennis and softball coaches got extensions on their contracts. And Kevin Dresser also got a contract extension. So you can kind of see like late spring into summer is when these contracts get sussed out. Um, in August, Sammy was named Big 12, a uh, Big 12 nominee for the NCAA Women of the Year Award. I think she was top 30, um, but didn't end up going to the top nine or winning or anything but like that's still a, a major honor for her um september kicked off a much anticipated football season that we all um have been living these last couple months um and then espn game day came to the Hawk game um for the second time so that was something that happened um <laughs> that's all we need to say about that it happened Uh, i know so in october the isu men's cross-country runner oh yeah yeah. rocktober oh sorry in rocktober (laughs) i have nothing about um (laughs) wait can we still use rocktober for gyro yeah for for sure yes let's go i think that's great okay i love it So (laughs) the ISU men's cross-country runner Wesley Kipto won the individual first place, and ISU won second at the Big 12 um, cross-country championship. And it was interesting, but not surprising, how much Iowa State athletics um, talks about, covers, yes, covers cross-country. It's a lot. Let's just say there might be a coincidence there. <laughs> there may be a coinky dink there. Um, so when I used to work at a TV station, our he wasn't the news director. I don't know. He was like in charge of things. But he, his son, like swam for Johnston or something. And so it would be like, uh, who's going out to the Johnston swim meet? And we'd be like, oh gosh, like, wow, did you guys hear about the, uh, how the Johnston swim team? We were like, come on, man. <laughs> but anyways, um, unrelated, that's totally unrelated to what we were saying. Of course, okay. of course. Um, And then another thing that I thought was really interesting, and it was interesting at the time, and I still find it really interesting, was in October, ISU announced that the Student Athlete Academic Incentive Plan that they were going to have, and it, it was basically like kind of in response to a lot of the name image likeness stuff and isu basically said like we're gonna have this incentive program um wrapped in with student athletes and academics and it's gonna let these iowa state student athletes accrue incentives based on their performance in the classroom each semester and then when they graduate from iowa state they will receive those that money that that has accrued so i just thought that that was really an interesting way that um isu decided to kind of pay out these because so there was name image likeness and then also kind of wrapped into that was the ncaa saying okay you can pay your student athletes like a little bit i think it it went up i I want it i'm i might be wrong about this but i'm thinking it was like three thousand dollars or something um and then that came out of that supreme court case yes um, where basically they were allowing um and it 
some of it has to do with, you know, like foreign travel and um, study abroad programs and things yeah. like that. Yeah, that was kind of a, I think that that got lost in the shuffle of some of the larger name image likeness discussions. Yeah, yeah. but they, yeah, they, uh, just a little bit, yeah. just a smidge. Yeah, and kind of, and I think also too, it it speaks to the incentive to stay here versus like just leave in the transfer portal. You know what I mean? Like it's one of those little things that Iowa State is doing to try and keep people from leaving. I don't think that it's going to be a major, you know, make or break decision maker um, for a lot of these student athletes, but it's just a little thing in the back of their head that, okay, you have a couple grand waiting for you. Do you really want to leave and just to play like to get maybe a little bit more playing time somewhere else? Or do you want to like sit this one out and leave with a little bit of a down payment on a car or something? And I'd be uh, curious to know now how many schools have adopted that um, or something like it. And I haven't done any research to know, but I imagine if, if they were smart, they would be. Yeah, for sure. Every penny they can under the law. For sure. And I mean, that's what Pollard said. He was like, we wanted to be one of the first ones to come out and say that we're doing this because we think that it's a great template and a lot of other people should do it. So that was October. And then in November, just a few months ago, ISU volleyball made it to the NCAA volleyball tournament. Unfortunately, didn't um, didn't go very far in it, but it was still an honor to be nominated. Um, ISU, <laughs> the ISU men's basketball team won that like preseason NIT, all the words jumbled together tournament. And that was, I feel like kind of a turning point where it was like, we were not expected to win that and we won it. And it was kind of like, Oh, buddy, what do you mean you won this preseason tournament? I think that's when a lot of the talking heads took notice as well. Yep. Yep. Totally agree. Um, so what else happened? Then the cross men's cross country team took second in the NCAA championships, which, okay. So I, we're joking, you know, that ISU covers cross country because Pollard's son runs cross country. We're joking about that, but also we have an incredible cross country team. And it's, and it's not a recent thing. It's a storied history. Yes, yes, absolutely. So like we're making jokes, but we completely understand what an incredible cross country team and the athletics department absolutely should be touting these and talking about them because they're doing insanely amazing things. So, I mean, imagine if we took second in the NCAA tournament in men's basketball. Exactly. Right. Of course, it would get that coverage. Right. No, right. right. So anyways, um, and then uh, come December, um, Jamie Pollard announced that he was diagnosed with tes- testicular cancer. And that's not necessarily something that has to do with sports, but I think that it's something that like as as sports fans, as fans of the athletic department at Iowa State, like we really took notice of and we're cheering for him and, you know, we're supporting him and we love him. He's one of our favorites. And so I just wanted to mention that and just remind everybody to be, you know, keeping him in their thoughts, their prayers, whatever it is that they do. Um, good juju, whatever it is that you do, be sending that to Jamie Pollard. Yes, completely. And um, I think. I, we mentioned this too, but just the fact that he chose to be public with that information and use it as a platform to say, you know, if you're wondering about something, go get checked mm-hmm. out. I thought that was, he didn't have to do that. And he chose to, and I, I thought that was really admirable. Yeah. So men get down there and feel yourself. <laughs> That's what we always say. <laughs> That's the tagline of this podcast. That's uh, Brett and Todd's tagline. <laughs> Get down there and feel yourself. <laughs> that was a good year in review. I'm not done. Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. So then Kohler won the William V. Campbell Trophy, yes. which was cool. Uh, men and women's basketball beat Iowa. Men and women's basketball beat Iowa. I'm sorry, you cut out there. Can you say it one more time? Men and women's <laughs> basketball beat Iowa. Right. Um, so that was awesome. Brees Hall became a two-time consensus All-American and two-time Big 12 um, Offensive Player of the Year. 
Kevin Dresser got his 200th career duel victory um, against Purdue in that um, duel that they played in Humble, which was kind of cool. And, and I think it's so cool that it happened there. Like, yeah. what an amazing car- um, car- karma experience in a yeah. good karma. Like, for sure. For sure. And then um, we played in the Cheez-It Bowl and unfortunately lost to Clemson and then lost to Baylor. So sorry, I had to Thanks for ending the year on our note, Men's and women's basketball beat Iowa. <laughs> I like that. Yeah. That's the way to end it. So that is my year in review. Can I give you... Can we mention on, I, I don't know if you prepared for this, but off the top of your head, do you have any favorite episodes from our year of podcasting? I don't know if they were, I mean, all of them that we go on rants for, yeah. like when you really get worked up about something, I love it. And it makes me smile. And like, I, while you're, while you're ranting about things, I'm always like, Oh, I want to, I want to, you know, I want to butt in with this little bit, but I want her to keep going and I don't want her to lose her place. So any, anytime that you go on, go on a little bit of a ranty rant, I like that. Anytime I kind of like really make you guys laugh with a random assortment of of WTF things. I mean, it wasn't this year, but I think that the, all of those snacks when I was pregnant, all those snacks that I wanted Jack tries to have, I'm not yeah. pregnant and I still want him to have those snacks. Yeah, that was a historic list for you. Um, <laughs> How about you? I'm surprised you didn't say this. The Holly Rowe one. Of was, course. Like, yeah. I mean, that was- I was literally, I just asked you and then I was like, oh, but we've had some really good guests yeah. on too. Yeah. Um, the three little girls that we got to talk to about their epic photo with Jacqueline that, that Jacqueline cool. captured at Jack Trice. Um, and I don't, this one just kind of hit, hit home to me. We had a really in-depth discussion about when Simone, after Simone Biles decided to opt out of the, the Olympics, I thought we had a very important and honest discussion about mental health and about how we perceive it and the unfairness of how we treat it compared to physical injuries. And I was just really, I guess, proud of that discussion and, um, our willingness to go there. And we've always, we've always done that, but yeah. So those were the ones that came to my mind. Just speaking of that, I think that there is a larger conversation right now about mental health with like Antonio Brown and what's going on with him. And I don't, I don't want to get into it because I, I just don't know where I fall on it, but I just wanted to like bring that up that like, and Tom Brady even kind of said it, you know, he said like, we need to have some like patience and we need to have some compassion. Compassion is the big thing. Like people do make bad decisions, but also like it's a result of sometimes these guys getting hit in the head and like he had a really bad hit and that was a, like a couple years ago and that was kind of where things turned around for him and he really started to make some bad decisions after that and I mean I'm not a doctor or anything like that but it's really tough that I think that CTE I would consider CTE like um, a mental health issue i think it's a physical mental issue yeah and i think that i it's really too bad that we aren't able to diagnose that and i i have to wonder if the reason why we can't diagnose that is the money that's coming into the nfl i'm sure you know because it's like it's like well you don't know if you don't test we all learn that with what happened these last couple of years? Well, you don't know how many people have it if you're not going to test them. We don't know how many people have CTE in the NFL, in women's soccer, yeah. you know, in oh, these sports that we follow. We don't know because we don't test them. And I don't, and I, I wonder why we haven't figured that out yet. We can put Elon Musk on into space, but we can't figure this out. Yeah, no, no, and I, I agree with all of these things. I think the Antonio Brown one is, uh, I think the reason we struggle with that is because this is a guy who has been given so many chances and has multiple second chances, third, fourth, yeah. fifth chances, 
And I think there's a, there's like this balance between compassion and also personal responsibility. Yep. And I think that's what makes that particular one so difficult to, to have it, to fall in, you know, on one side or the yeah. other. So and I think I totally agree. However, there's a personal responsibility, but when the thing that's causing you to make these decisions is something that doctors are telling you, well, we can't tell if you have it until you're yeah. dead. You know, that's a, that's a whole additional yeah. aspect of like, it. You're, you're perfectly healthy. You know what I mean? Like I, my back was hurting for a long time and I went and got an MRI and they pretty much told me like, there's nothing wrong. And guess what? Like my, my back kind of stopped hurting. Yeah. I stopped believing that my back hurt. It's so you, like you go into the doctor and they tell you that there's nothing wrong. Then you're going to act like there's nothing wrong. Right. And I think that he's acting like there's nothing like, what do you take for CTE? Nothing. You know I mean, what I mean? No, I, I he doesn't have like an anxiety disorder. He doesn't have depression. Like maybe some of those things are, are manifesting because of the CTE that, that I think that he has, but what do you take for CTE when there's right. no way to tell that you have CTE? And that's, I mean, that's what makes that so, what makes him specifically so complicated. Yeah. I, it's a, it's really hard. And They're I are not going to give you a Z pack if you don't show up as strep positive you know what I mean like they're they're not going to give you medicine unless you can prove that there's something wrong and what's wrong with him you can't prove that there's anything wrong yeah no I and I he's not going to be the last one and he's all and it's it is a tough discussion and I always you know I always talk about being kind and giving compassion and um and I even caught myself after after hit Antonio Brown's outburst being like you you moron, yeah. you know? And I mean, to a certain extent, yes, you are, yeah. You're, but like, there's more behind this. Yeah. I, I don't know. I think I'm getting really like worked up about this too. Like I'm feeling really emotional about this because we've put him in this situation. Yeah. Like we've, we've told him that your value lies in the amount of balls that you catch. And so yeah. he goes out there time after time, trying to catch balls, getting hit. Like we've told him he's been told his entire life that his value lies in his productivity on the football field and yeah. the, and football failed him. Yeah. And no, now I- we're going to say like, it's your fault. No, it's not your fault. It's my fault for sitting in front of the TV on Sundays. But I, but yeah, you're right about all of this. I just, the, like the, there is a, there is a point when he's got to make decisions to help himself and, and to, I mean, he, I I just don't think you can be a, give him a complete pass for his behavior. And I like, I agree with everything you're saying, but there's gotta be some balance to that. And he, the problem with the, with CTE specifically is you don't know until it's too late. And and like, we probably need to start assuming that these guys have it and putting measures in place to help them sooner. I agree with all of you. Like, so we have all of these feelings towards him and I just can't help but think about Tyler Sash and like how that ended. Yeah. And I am getting really emotional about that because I don't want Antonio Brown to end up like Tyler Sash. Yeah. No, I, I agree with you. And clearly he's not right in the mind. Like yeah. I we don't know what happened and who knows if we'll ever know what brought that on, but whatever, I mean, that is not a rational, normal response. Yeah. And, um, and I, you're right. Compassion is the word. Um, and I, you know, we've seen, we've seen even when, um, this past year when, you know, like when players have made decisions and been like drunk driving and you yeah. see their teammates not necessarily come to their defense, but say like, I love them. I will be here for them. And they're not, yeah. they're not saying what they did was right. But they're just saying I'm here. And I think that was such a breathtaking response. And it almost, it doesn't feel natural because it's not natural. The natural yeah. response is to point your finger and say, you dummy. Yeah. Um, but I think there's, and I guess it goes back to what we said earlier. There's probably this is probably one of those situations where you can say like, I, I want to be there for you. Clearly you need help. And what can we do to make sure that you're making better decisions? Yeah. And so that's maybe where the line is. Yeah. And like, even I'm sorry, we did not intend on spending no, this okay. much time on this, but then I think about like Aaron Hernandez yes. and like Aaron Hernandez 
most likely, like, I don't know, did they ever test his brain to see if he, but like, he killed somebody and thought that it wasn't a big deal because he'd been told time and time again, like, you make these mistakes, but I'm, I'm still here for you, but you're still valuable because you can, you know, catch a, a football. And I think that that is where we went wrong is that Antonio Brown had a, a fake vaccination card. And then we said, but you're good. So come back and play. Yes. And then right. it's like, and then it's like, he doesn't get his way. So he leaves. Like, whose fault well, is that? Well, and I think Aaron? that is, like, who, that whose is, fault is that? a very good point because if you're going to be the one that says, you know, you're in trouble, but you're still valuable because you can catch footballs, then you need to be responsible for what happens after that. Point. Yep. Not holding account- him accountable at that point, whatever happens after that fact, you're partially responsible. Yeah, I, I agree completely with that. And I guess that's kind of that's kind of probably a better way of explaining what I'm talking about with making choices and being held responsible. Totally. So you're right. You when you put your value, when you when you continually tell someone that's where yeah. their value lies, that's that's where they believe their value lies. That's a great. I, that's I great. think that there is a saying that's it's something like. Your mental health isn't your fault, but it's your responsibility. Yeah. Yeah. And so I think that that is the case. However, we just got to think about like what we're doing mentally to these guys by telling them that they're incredibly, incredibly valuable for tossing balls back and forth. Oh, that's a great point. Yeah. We didn't expect to go down that road. Nope. Sorry. Oh no, it's good. Um, Well, and speaking of the, um, the mental health discussions that we've had, um, I had a friend send me an article about the six times women led the way in sports in 2021. And one of them was the Simone Biles and Naomi Osaka, um, discussion. And besides that, the remaining five, we talked about every single one of those that were on that list in the pod. And it just made me really proud that we are, you know, we continue to say we want to be a voice to lift up women and we're going to talk about all sports. We're going to talk about Iowa State football and baseball and NASCAR and things like that. But it, I mean, we take great pride in, in lifting up women. And I just thought it was cool that we, um, we, you know, we're keeping track with what's, what's important. For sure. Um, what do you want to do? Do you want to, do you want to talk about our goals or do you want to wait till next time since we've gone along? I don't know. We can wait till next time if you want to. Yeah. This, this is called a tease. It is called a tease. <laughs> um, just really quick, a couple of shout outs. <laughs> you didn't even respond to that. Well, that's because I'm used to you. Um, okay. My shenanigans. Um, yeah. So I just want to give a couple of quick shout outs. Um, shout out to our friend of the pod, Ray Cole, who shared a tweet with us that the college football playoff um, social media team for ESPN is run exclusively by women. It was an all women team, which I thought was pretty cool. That's cool. Um, and then I just thought we it was love worth- Ray. I do love Ray. I thought it was worth mentioning that. Um, I said, we, we both. Oh, do. Sorry. I'm sorry. Yeah. I yeah. We do. Um, the university of Iowa's former athletic director, Dr. Christine Grant passed away last week at the age of 85. And the reason she's worth mentioning is not because she was one of Iowa's athletic directors. Um, first of all, she was the first uh, female athletic director at Iowa, but she was a pioneer and a force behind title nine enforcement. Um, she was in front of Congress a lot. She testified as an expert witness at a lot of title nine trials and Scott Docterman wrote a really nice little tribute to her in the athletic, but um, she was a force and a lot of men and women in college athletics looked up to her greatly. And it's just one of those, it's sad to see one of those pioneers go, but I just thought it was worth mentioning her Yeah, for sure. Um, and then lastly, Iowa state fans, as of December 31st, 2021, are third in attendance in women's basketball games behind in South Carolina. So shout out to all you Iowa state women's fans who are constantly not supporting surprised. Our- I'm not surprised. That doesn't surprise me. It surprises me that we're not higher. Yeah. But I mean, look where we're behind Yukon and South Carolina. That's good company right good there. Good point. Good point. Keep it up. Um, just a quick reminder, use the promo code shopmaker for uh, free shipping. If you buy an Ashley Jones shirt and that goes through Friday, January 7th. Wait, that is Friday, right? January 7th. That I know I can't, I I'm a lawyer. I don't do math. So there you go. But, um, Steph, I have a question for this event thing that we're going to, um, with Mississippi river distilling, can other people come? 
Yeah. So it's a, yes. Okay. That's okay. a great point. So they're having an event. Um, I hold on, I, I have to look at the name of the event. Um, but all you have to go do is register on Eventbrite, And then, um, I think it's like a $30 ticket, but hold on. Let me look to see that what it's bad. Steph's giving away free hugs. Always, always. This is not just unique to this event. It's their anti-freeze outdale cock outdoor, excuse me, cocktail party. So that's what we're going to. Heck yes. Yeah. So check oh that my out. Gosh. I'm just thinking about what you think they'll have the salted caramel. Mm. Well, mm-hmm. oh yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> I'm gonna drink it tonight. Okay. I love you so much. Love you too. That was a really good, that was kind of a random that yeah, you yeah. and I'm happy we did that. Me too. I said today that this was going to be a phenomenal, phenomenal with an F. You think phenomenal? Did we live up to that? It was a phenomenal. Yeah. I think you're phenomenal as hell, but (laughs) (laughs) sorry, everyone. If you're still with us, Godspeed. Godspeed. All right. We'll be back in a couple of weeks and we'll discuss our goals for the upcoming year because we're going to kill him i need some time to be honest i was gonna try and work them out during the pod and no one wants to hear that well this worked out better then it did great go cyclones go state